when you fall down, you have to get back up. When is it gonna happen to me? It's hard to have patience. I mean, it is. If you really want it bad enough, you cannot skip steps. Be grateful for what you got. If you really want to get on that grind and you don't like your job, I'm still cooking their bacon. Because you're always going to be wondering what if. Damn, I'm only here for one reason and one reason only, though. Patience starts now. Welcome back to another episode of Patience of Podcast with your host, Donnie D. And your co-host, Sammy G. Tonight, we got a very special guest all the way from Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. He's a 22-year-old CEO of a full-blown media marketing agency. He originally started his career on the Gold Coast of Australia and has been in this marketing media industry game for, I believe, about five years. Mm-hmm. Uh, Devin Sanders, welcome to Patience of Podcast. Good to be here. Happy belated birthday. I know you just turned uh, seven the other day, so happy <laughs> uh, 13, but uh, I mean, I'm getting old. <laughs> so tell us, Devin, you've obviously started your career as a young entrepreneur, but you at some point made the decision to, to go across the pond and go to Australia. And that's kind of where you got your, your start as the CEO of Alpha Media. Tell us a little bit about how that story came about and what it kind of took for you to scale the business to what it is today and how exactly you got the idea to even start a full-blown media marketing agency and how you named it Alpha Media Marketing. Uh, I graduated high school at 18, like most people do, and two weeks later, I moved to the Gold Coast of Australia uh, with no intentions of starting a marketing agency. My dad was just going there for surf and you know some other things but i went over there and my parents were forking me money left and right like boom left and right i mean i was a high school graduate as of 14 days i wasn't really making tons of money at the time and my parents were paying my rent they were paying for my food they were paying like my car payment when i was there i'm just like i felt so guilty i woke up one day just feeling so guilty and i'm like man i really need to come up with something that can help me pay the bills because I was over there on a student visa at the time and you can't you can't work that much on a student visa so I literally googled you know I'm an avid supporter of Google not just because I'm in a marketing agency but because I'm a human being so I literally googled you know how to make money online because that was the only legal way I could think of to make money in the country (laughs) and starting a social media marketing agency was like one of the first things to pop up and I'm like Man, I know about social media, like, too easy. So I just started doing a whole bunch of reading, read forums, did all that stuff. And I made proposals, uh, and I just started doing email blasts for, you know, a bunch of different restaurants, gyms, car dealerships, personal trainers, everybody of the sort. Anybody that would hear what I have, that I would, what I had to say, I would tell them. And I got my first social media client. It was a restaurant on the Gold Coast. And honestly, I lowballed the heck out of myself because I was honest with him. I'm like, listen, I've never had a client before. Uh, you're gonna be my first client. I'm not really sure what the success is going to be. Uh, but I mean, if you'll have me, I'll give it to you for almost cheap kind of thing. So they had me and I ended up creating a campaign that went viral for them. And I'm like, okay, well, uh, maybe I'm not bad at this whole thing. So started getting more and more social media clients. And I was like, 
this, this is going pretty well for me. And that's when the journey started to start for scaling it to a full service marketing agency, which is what it is today. So you started scaling at the age of 18, is that correct? Started scaling at the age of 20. Okay, so you had about two years to kind of give Google their credit for starting your business. Exactly. And then two years time, you had a few clients and you were already ready to start scaling into a full-blown media marketing agency. Exactly. So where does Alpha Media, what is, what is that, uh, how, how did you come up with that name? Oh, uh, yeah. So Alpha Media. So I do have a Christian background. I am a Christian, uh, proclaimed. And Alpha Media uh, was born through that uh, because uh, that's kind of like a Christian reference as an Alpha and Omega. And I didn't want to call my agency Omega Marketing just because like that's kind of like the end <laughs> you know what i mean so i was like well alpha yeah. alpha is you know pretty cool it's, it's going to be easy to make a logo for it it's simple it's one word uh it's easy branding so all those kind of questions went into effect and then also alpha is first my first ever slogan for the company was you know first in your marketplace kind of thing um so it just kind of it flowed from there i was thinking about doing a name change about six months in uh, but i never i never did it i just kind of stuck with alpha media and now it's my baby. I like it. You are online with Sammy G, the G is for Jesus. I'm throwing that in there. So I like it. I, <laughs> I think that, man, the G is well. for Jesus. <laughs> right. <laughs> Seems like, you know, you kind of graduated high school and just went for something and it worked for you. Was, was there any, has there been any moments that you had any failures or oh, have things that are where you needed some patience or things just weren't actually maybe going in your favor during the journey of building this mm -hmm. marketing media company? Absolutely. Ironically, um, the failures started happening at around 20 years old uh, when I started to scale it. So I do think I probably scaled too quickly. Well, I was trying to scale too quickly and the clients were not coming in as fast as I was trying to scale. So and when you say scale, what do you mean? So start offering more services than what I had. So at one point I was strictly offering social media services. So it was just through, you know, it was through a platform called Python and through Python, you can actually do your own coding and you can code social media bots. You can, I mean, anything automatic, you can kind of code that. So I learned, I taught myself how to use Python and code. So I organized an entire code through Python at the time. That was all I was doing was just setting up accounts into our, and, you know, into our software and letting it go on autopilot. So it really didn't take too much grunt work you know, after the coding was established. Well, then I started, you know, I wanted to start doing photography. I wanted to start doing videography. I wanted to start doing email marketing and website SEO and website development and you know, all this other stuff. And I was scaling a bit too fast, investing too much money you know, into scaling and the clients were not coming in as fast as I was trying to scale. So then, I mean, that's business 101 right there. You can't get as, you can't get bigger than what the people are allowing you to kind of thing, right? So I quickly ran out of money, like real fast. And then through losing too much money, I then wasn't able to, you know, maintain the clients that I already had. So then I actually had to, you know, let go of those clients. And now I'm back at square one, like no clients, you know, nothing, <laughs> not a whole bunch of success and nothing to show for it kind of thing and 
that I literally had to restart at the age of 20. When you say that you kind of set into motion coding software that put something into automation, what, for those of us who don't speak coding language, and I understand that uh, many of these kids do these days, but those that don't, what exactly are you referring to when you're, when you're coding particular software to do specific tasks through the clients that you're serving? Absolutely. So the way Python is set up and the way that coding works is it's, I mean, I'm sure you've heard of like one zero zero one zero, you know, all that kind of stuff, right? All that is just a form of coding. So that's basically, it's putting alpha numerical values into a software or a platform. And then that acts as a robot that all it does is just repeats that coding over and over and over again. So say for instance, you set up a code to follow accounts kind of thing. Well, that robot, then it goes through its entire code and then resets, goes through its entire code and resets. So it literally just follows accounts and that's its job. It's like hitting the refresh button on your website over and over and over and over again kind of thing. So instead of you having to manually do it, now a robot does it. What's the objective there? Like what's the ultimate goal of setting mm -hmm. that, that into motion? The goal for that was to, you know, take it off of manual labor and put it into artificial intelligence hands. So it was a lot easier for me just to code, you know, take nine, 10 months to code that software. And then I was able to just hire on clients, put their account username and passwords into my software. And now their account usernames, you know, through the artificial intelligence were just, they were interacting with other profiles without actually having to touch anything manually kind of thing. So it just made it way smoother and automatic. But uh, to note on that actually, Instagram has completely done away with all automation as of July of this year. So wow. anything automatic, if you were with a social media marketing company that offered that, you know, people were getting follow blocked, they were getting banned, they were getting, you know, blackouts, they were getting all of this stuff because Instagram was slowly but surely, actually I say slowly, very rapidly, closing down all accounts that had anything to do that if they were detected for an automatic service. So now everything that we offer in terms of social media, uh, as of August 1st, 2019, is all manual. So I've got one person that will manage up to 12 Instagram accounts, and it's literally, you know, all thumb action. Literally all thumb action. No bots. No more bots. The results that have been showing, I mean, I, I kick myself for not starting this, you know, five years ago instead of going through coding the software because the results that we've seen have been absolutely impeccable because it's so much more organic you know for instance if you own a dog walking company you don't want to interact with someone that doesn't own a dog right and robots don't know the difference but if you have human eyes looking at your instagram you know they can see if you know they can see the profiles that own dogs right and it's like or your facebook account and all this different stuff so the results have just been absolutely impeccable you said that you were back with basically no clients. Yes. And, um, you know, you kind of just had to pick yourself up by the bootstrap. A lot of our audience is going through a time of where maybe they're starting their own. Maybe they have already like you. And they spent too much money in investing or now they're back at square one. What are some tips or tricks or some things that you can tell the people out there Maybe it's not a marketing media company. Maybe it's, mm -hmm. you know, just anything where they're just kind of starting back over. I mean, I know being, you know, 20, having something like that happen to you at 20, it sometimes, you know, can feel 
like the world is against you or like 100%. maybe yeah. it's not the right thing you should be doing. Mm-hmm. You have any advice to those people out there that are like the kind of right where you were when you were 20 and um yeah absolutely um i would say honestly because i felt every emotion that you just mentioned right you know the world's against you and you don't feel like you're doing what you're supposed to be doing uh but i i'll i'll mention onto that that if if you're in if you're trying to pursue your career field and at any age uh, especially at a younger age and failure happens to you you've got to understand that like if you've got the passion for it, if you've got the desire for it, and you have a drive inside of you to even step foot inside of that career field and the ambition to pursue it, then you are where you need to be at that given time. If just because a failure happens, that does not mean that you are not supposed to be, you know, there at that point in time. Um, but I will say when that happened to me, when I lost all of my clients, when I lost all of my money, and I basically had to start right back at square one. I allowed myself, well, I say allow myself, I didn't have a choice, to really like six, seven, eight months to just soak in my own pity, like I really did kind of thing. I was like, I was devastated. I wouldn't say I was in a season of depression because that's a very intense word. I definitely was in a, like a low point kind of thing. I was like, why did this happen kind of thing. So. At the end of that, I just allowed myself to feel all those, you know, heavy emotions. And then I got a group of people surrounding me, you know, to really pick me back up and to encourage me that fought for my corner, that wiped my eyebrows. And they were like, Devin, we see the potential in you. You know, we see what you're capable of. You need to get back into the ring and you need to keep fighting. So whenever failures happen, I highly encourage that you just have people around you constantly picking you back up because if you do not have that then i mean it's gonna you're gonna be what i was for eight months and you're just gonna be down and out you know with no one to kind of help you back up that sounded like an opportunity for you to really exercise some patience there Um, absolutely how do you consider your circle how it's changed from that time when you were going through that period to today do you feel like you've been able to really increase the average sum of your inner circle to a point where it's really having a, a very positive impact in your success today? Absolutely. I mean, the, the famous saying goes, you are the five people that you surround yourself with the most. You know, that, that eight months really, it forced me to step back and see who I was spending. You know, who were those five people that I was surrounding myself with the most? And um, those eight months, it definitely took patience because it wasn't in those eight months I wasn't doing anything to try to advance my company still. I still was trying to advance my company, but I was taking more no's than I ever had before. You know, everything was going wrong. You know, some things would just fall through the cracks. I'd get a client and then, you know, that client would bail on me. And, you know, so through those eight months, it honestly was nothing but patience of just consistently learning to accept no's, learning to accept failures, and then keep on moving forward. And I can't lie, I, I, you know, I wasn't perfect in that. I definitely didn't exercise patience the best through the entire eight months but looking back at it it definitely was nothing but just knowing when the timing was right that it would happen as you know patience of podcast we're really in the process of exploring this entrepreneurial journey that we've all chosen to haphazardly recklessly perhaps questionably embark upon as society would most likely uh, phrase it for those Mm -hmm. of us that are bold enough and crazy enough to attempt to follow our dreams. 
how did it all start for you? Where did you, like as a kid growing up, um, I know for me, it was very hardwired, hard, you know, pushed in my, in my small little religious community. I know you grew up Christian as well. So mm-hmm. how did you, did you find influence? Did you find mentors? Where was it that you saw outside of that bubble and really wanted to like take a shot outside of what you know everyone is expecting you to do and decide, you know what, I'm going to beat this path. It's a beaten path that I see everybody else going on, and I'm just going to go and start trudging along a brand new path that everyone's going to criticize me for. Everyone's mm-hmm. going to question what my, you know, secure future is going to turn out and look like if I embark on this. I mean, you obviously were bold enough to move to a, a whole different country, <laughs> Australia, like I had a chance to do when I was that age. But this journey starts a little bit earlier. Tell us a little bit about the, the early years. Absolutely, sir. Honestly, as long as I can possibly remember, I, I just loved business. I didn't know it was business, you know, at the time. But looking back on it, now that I have, you know, the hindsight, it was definitely the love and the art of business. My mom owns an accounting firm, and she has my entire life. And, you know, my dad headed up one of the largest distributions company for the entire East Coast of America. They're actually the main distributor for Red Bull. It's a little plug. Uh, so I got to try all the new flavors and stuff like that. But... But with that being said, both my parents had companies, but neither one of them could I take over in any way, shape, or form, right? So they were both geniuses in business and in their own field, but it wasn't, some, it wasn't like a restaurant where I was just like, all right, well, I'm ready for my time, right? It was like they built it, and unless I got an accounting degree, I couldn't own my mom's company, and honestly, I just didn't want to get into my dad's field. So I had a choice to make, and... I started selling candy in schools, um, but like, and it turned into a full-blown business. <laughs> and I, I literally hired friends to sell candy for me, and that happened. That started in fifth grade and went all the way up to like eleventh grade, right? I was like, literally, there was like a full-blown business. Every everyone, and in the surrounding school areas, knew where they could get candy and gum and Gatorade, and like, it turned into a full-blown service. Most people who starts selling anything or trying to make money at a young age, it's normally because they don't have any money or mm-hmm. they don't, or their parents don't have any money. It actually brings me back to like, I think uh, Gary Vee says it. If you're the kid who didn't grow up with the most, with the nicest stuff, or if your family doesn't have any money and you haven't started trying to make money on your own, then like you've already lost. But I'm curious where your passion for selling or even just like, you know, wanting to make money comes from Mm -hmm. just from it sounding like you you came from a pretty good stock seems like you can come from two parents who have money yeah what made you want to do that yeah absolutely well yeah i definitely didn't grow up in poverty you know both my parents they did they did very well for themselves but from a very young age i would see my parents i would see you know i would you know everyone watches tv growing up and you see all these successful people and you just want i wanted for myself what those people had and I'm just like, what do those people do that I, you know, that I don't? And it's, it always comes down to selling. You know, it always comes down to learning, constantly learning and evolving and honestly having patience because you've got to have, you've got to know your timing. When I started selling candy in school, it wasn't really like, you know, me just trying to make money. It was really more of just me trying to prove to myself that I've got the ability to do this. And then once it started to become a success, I loved the art of it. Like 
genuinely love the art of making money in terms of buying something lower and selling it for higher. I like I fell in love with the art of making money. So now even today it's still the exact same. But you know, when any when any time a client pays me or any time, you know, a client a new client signs on, I don't look at it as like, oh finally, like more money. I look at it as like it's really just like a big game. It's like who can make the most money kind of thing or like you know, from it's all in competition with myself. Um, so for me it wasn't like, oh I need this money. It was more of like I needed to prove to myself that I had the ability just like you see the people on TVs, you know, because I didn't, I just didn't want to think they were more special than me, right, or anybody else for that matter. So that's really where that stemmed from. So for all the fifth graders listening out there, don't <laughs> sell candy at your school. Yeah, do it's not sell illegal. anything. Do not sell anything in your schools. Do not. It kind of sounded like you were a distributor, like from the very, very early part of your stage, you kind of chip off the old block there. Mm-hmm. Uh, dad's career. Five years is kind of a long time to be to be running a business. How many of those years would you say? I know the first two years you said you ran into that position where everything kind of started to, mm-hmm. to disassemble itself, and now you're you've got about three more years on top of that. Take mm-hmm. us through the process of when it broke down, and what steps you took to start to rebuild the business, rebuild that trust in yourself, have mm-hmm. the patience to know that you're going to be able to repiece together the demand that you have overblown because you've just put too much demand on yourself. You've allowed yourself to take on a little bit more than you can chew. Uh, mm-hmm. Trying to scale too early, how does one face that situation? And how did you regroup it and put back the pieces together? Absolutely. So there's, there is not a one-way situation, like a one-way fix to this. Like this is simply, just, bef- like, just to preface, this is absolutely my journey, what happened to me. Uh, this definitely isn't you know, the solution to all things. Uh, but as soon as 20 year old me happened and I lost as you know, essentially everything in terms of business, uh, my, you know, my personal life was still going great, but my business was falling apart. It took that eight minutes or that eight months to kind of really just sit back. And I honestly think I needed those no's for those eight months. And it sounds like a very weird thing to say, but that entire eight months of me trying to reestablish my company, I didn't feel like I could get Yes, and and it was wild. But up to that point, I hadn't been told no a whole bunch, right? Like I was fifth grade, fifth grader selling candy, and it turned successful. You know, like I would sell calendars around the neighborhood because I had the little cute factor as a 12-year-old, and it was successful. You know, the old ladies loved to pinch my cheeks, right? So, and it just, everything I'd done up to that point in my life, it was just a success. So then when I finally hit a point where failure happened, and like literally rock bottom, bottom in business, zero clients, zero monthly income, zero everything. You know, I had to pick up second jobs that I didn't want. And I, I think I honestly needed that season, those eight months of just like despair in terms of business. And I needed to hear that no. So that could teach me the patience for the future because now I've been rejected now more than that entire eight months combined. Right, because now it's just like the pitches that go out today are far surpassed the pitches that went out then. You know, I was putting out like one a day, then maybe two a day kind of thing. Whereas now it's like, you know, I've we like if pitches don't happen and we don't sign on more clients, like <laughs> I mean, mouths aren't gonna get fed kind of thing. So it's like now there's even more pressure and I needed that eight months to learn how to accept a no for today kind of thing. Honestly, those eight months to touch on, you know, how I taught the patients. Um, it was honestly just through those people. It was through, I read a lot of books. 
you know, I, I did a lot of stuff that I enjoyed doing. So whether it's hiking or it's going skydiving or playing guitar, whatever it was, um, I just found outlets of how to exercise patience outside of that scenario because I had to understand my life wasn't just alpha media marketing. My life was also a guitar player. It was also, you know, a, a member of a church where I led worship. It was, you know, I had so many other outlets that I had to focus on and I had to learn to be present in all of them. So once I stepped back and found that I wasn't just a business owner, it truly helped me find the patience to accept a no. And if it weren't for those eight months of despair kind of thing, of losing everything, I don't know if I'd have had that. How many um, clients do you have right now? Currently, uh, we service over mm -hmm. 600 clients. Over 600, wow. Yes. That ranges from influencers to full-blown companies, yes. Let's say someone's listening right now, and they're like, wow, this Devin Sanders guy sounds pretty cool. I think I want to start my own media marketing company. I love social media, too. Mm -hmm. What's some tips or tricks you can give to the people out there listening if they want to do their own thing? Where, how do they start to get clients for themselves? What do they do? Well, first, I would learn, uh, because everyone knows about social media, and this is where I messed up in the beginning. So um, I'm actually just going to mention this to help someone maybe not mess up this way. So in the very beginning, you know, I, I wrote my pitch, you know, my pitch email and started sending it out before I knew the lingo and all the buzzwords and the definitions. Because companies would then start responding to my emails with, you know, certain buzzwords like, you know, can we, well, can you do split testing on Facebook? I didn't know what a split test was. And I'm just like, uh, well, you got me. So before you start all of that, before you begin that journey, you have to understand and grasp what it is that you are doing. Because yes, you might be good at social media. Yes, you, know, you might know how to take photos. You might know how to edit videos. But if you don't understand the entire back office of social media and all of its, you know, technology. Once you try to obtain a client and they ask you a question that stumps you, you're supposed to be the professional here, right? Like they shouldn't, your client should not know more than you ever. So I would encourage to learn that before you start pitching. And that's where I messed up in the very beginning as I started pitching and then started learning. And honestly, I think that maybe that eight months for me would have never happened had I not done that. But so I would, so how'd you learn? I learned, and, I literally just kept learning as I was going. Specifically when you're learning, what kind of resources, like are you, are you just, again, you're cutting Google a check for all the work that you're doing uh, in terms of research, or like how are you, how are you picking up, uh, you know, all these, not just the lingo, but like how are you really diving into like mm -hmm. the, the, the literature behind like what the business is supposed to be? So I do have to, I definitely have to give Google a huge check mark for my beginnings. Uh, but once I started to get really serious about it, I started, you know, I started investing into myself kind of thing. So I was, I got, you know, I got SEO certified from, you know, uh, a company in Australia, you know, through an organization there. I got, you know, Google certified through a different organization and I got social media, like I got a social media certificate from a different organization. Like I truly started to invest in my own ability. So I, I started to pay people or companies or organizations that knew more about the topic than I was doing. Cause I never went to university. I think that's important to note. I do not have a university degree for the field I'm in. Um, I strictly got certified in all these different areas through third parties that do have university degrees. <laughs> uh, 
and that got certified to certify, you know? So um, that was my route and you've got to invest in yourself. So it was, it was Griffith University that you got mentored by, but was, was that some of the certifications that you went through a university to get through? Uh, no, so they actually just kind of kept me in Australia. I was studying uh, just like a leadership type thing there. Um, but then I started getting, you know, uh, through different marketing companies and stuff like that, I started doing internships. Uh, I paid, uh, I don't know if anyone, if anyone listening to this podcast knows Ty Lopez. Um, I also, I took his course. Um, I'm not really going to, you know, leave a positive or negative review on that. Uh, people can take that as they want to. I literally just started putting my money where my mouth was and truly started to invest. And I had to know what a split test was. It all comes down to that, right? You know, you've got to know more than your clients. It sounds like you've really, uh, you've really put your, your ear to the ground and, and tried to, I guess, take legitimate certification courses. I mean, I know you Absolutely. can get SEO certified. Any advice for those people out there that are kind of like, well, yeah, I can... I can go and get certified and I don't necessarily have to go to school and I could actually start learning this stuff even if I am in school. Mm-hmm. What are some of the, the, the resources out there for those young cats that are, that are looking to follow in your footsteps and, and uh, try to explore some of the um, you know, hard skills that you're going to need in this business to convert? Absolutely. So um, in today's day and age, it's absolutely beautiful um, you know, because there's actually websites out there now. Um, one's, one in specific that I'm actually a part of is called VitaShare. And what that does is, is there are hundreds of people that you can actually choose from through. And they're all CEOs. They are all masters of their trade. And you can literally buy time and a one-on-one consultation with this person, right, from 10, 30, 60 minutes kind of thing. So you can literally sit down with a person for 60 minutes that is certified, that has done the work, that has gone before you, and just l- learn from them, take notes, write down everything they know, pick their brain, and you, and you can do that, right? And then you can take that. But then, I mean, I highly recommend getting cert, like an actual certificate in these areas. So you have to go to third-party resources. And, you know, I have to cut Google a check for that, too. You just Google, you know, SEO certification courses, right. all this kind of stuff. And I guarantee there's some in your area, you know, that's online now, right? And, uh, but in terms of learning before you start doing all that, gosh, you've got so many people at your disposal these days that you can just take notes from. When you do get a little bit stressed out, when you do hit rock bottom, mm-hmm. you eventually have your company fall to the ground, which I know many a business person, many entrepreneurs have experienced maybe one or more times. You've got to have your, your ways to unwind. And I understand that uh, one of those ways for you is music and surfing. And we happen to have a rapper named Sammy G. Sammy G. Who's got a Waffle Bat video out now. Everybody should go check that out ever have any aspirations to become a musician in your life? <laughs> I did, man. What musician doesn't want to be a famous musician? I mean, let's just put that out there. But I will tell you, and I shouldn't even say this because this means you're going to, do not YouTube search Devin Sanders. Please do not do it. <laughs> I do not know the password to get into that account and delete every single video on there. But that is 14-year-old me having the time of his life with another one of my best friends who now is actually, if I can shamelessly plug him, um, his name is Fryer on Spotify and all music platforms. And he's, he's in cahoots with Bass Nectar. He's, in, he's actually in Arizona right now uh, headlining a festival there at Shady Park for all the university college students. Uh, but it was me and him at the time just creating music. And we both sucked so bad at what we did but man we were having a good time but that's the only videos 
that I have on YouTube. So don't search my name on YouTube. Go to my Instagram if you want to hear my music. But yeah, like I definitely wanted to pursue a career in music. Uh, to this day, I still would love to, you know, maybe just release a song on Spotify just to say I did it. You know what I mean? I don't want to give it up, but just to say I did it, maybe put a song on Spotify or something like that. You're going to regret it if you don't. Yeah, I know. Money, man. You better put business aside on like, you know, a few hours uh, of the month there, guy. Make it happen. Absolutely. I've actually got a song right now that I've, uh, the beat and stuff's recorded uh, that, you know, I spoke on my buddy earlier. He's in Arizona right now. He actually produced the entire beat for it, and then I wrote the music. Uh, so all I have to do is take that to a vocal studio and just kind of chop it up and get that done. Uh, and I'll probably put that one on Spotify because it's a damn good song if I can biasly say that. But hey, there you go. Hey, I like it. I like it. Sam and I were just talking earlier about some of the, some of the you know, tombstones that we have on like myspace from back in oh the day. no and like how nobody should ever go like i literally haven't thought about myspace in about 10 years and sam was like remember myspace and the, i have some songs now i was like oh my god no one's erased their myspace everyone's <laughs> no, myspace it's, it's is there still it oh is there horrifying it's horrifying if you if you google Devin sanders my myspace still pulls up in like the seo <laughs> like how is this still working it's like atrocious <laughs> In people's entire like musical like I wonder if like big artists still have their like obviously they're pulling them down I mean everybody knows to do that nowadays but I bet there's a few out there like you could probably find the really really awful beginnings on the same yeah the old but, music I know Ed Sheeran's yeah. got his out there and man he was an awful singer like we can be honest about it he even knows it <laughs> everybody has this conception that artists that are mainstream successful today were that good when they were like two like they were just like yeah i have to go to this like trajectory of like sucking at first and getting better that's your beyonce you've always you've been great since birth yeah beyonce came out the yeah. world she's like uh but no yeah, yeah you're, you're definitely right it just it takes a lot of time just like with anything though you know mm -hmm. um you always see the you always see the blueprint for what greatness can be in a young in a young person but just like with anybody or with anything if you don't put the time and the work in it, it can be lost potential, you know, it could, or, or really that that's all it is. You know, you have the potential to do something, but if you don't hone in on it and try to work it, then it, yeah. it will never grow. It's deep, Sammy. That hits deep. I like that how you touched on how you touched on basically when you were going through bad times or stressful times. Or even some, you didn't call it depression, but we'll say, you know, well, I'll call it that. Mm -hmm. um, or your darker times. Um, you turn to music or you turn to hiking or you turn to skydiving. You turn to, you know, God or other mm -hmm. things Absolutely. of that nature. I think that a lot of times we forget, especially when we're working so hard at something or we're trying to achieve a goal. We forget all the little things in life. Um, yeah. that can make us feel at peace and that can give us joy and bring us happiness. I know for me, snowboarding is a passion. I had this realization, I can't, I'd be good at everything that I do. Um, mm -hmm. I wanted to paint so I started and drawing and like even editing videos. It dawned over me like, you know, like why can't I be great at everything that I try? Not saying I'm going to make money from everything that I do, but why can't I be the best? Go out and try some things. Go out and do some stuff. Go out and yeah. paint. Go out and, you know, go skydive. Go hike. Try surfing. 
go out and try things, you know, you, and then like, yeah. if you really love it, work at it and get good at it. I know when I first started snowboarding, the more I did it, the better I got and the more happier I, I became, you know, same with painting, same with making music, same with like editing videos, just so many different things out here in this lifetime that we really just like bring happiness and bring joy to our lives. And it, it always doesn't have to be about the money. Um, money absolutely Sam. come but absolutely sam that is your so happiness important. Is, is important that's so important and i think that boils down to you've got to know that you are more than what you do right just because just because you snowboard that, that like that doesn't mean that that is literally who you are you know you're a son you're a daughter you know you're you're a husband you're your dad you know like there's so much more to who a person is than what they do, right? So you've got to find you got to find those outlets. So that's huge, Sam. That was a good point. Like if I could go back today, into my twenties, and you know, slap myself upside the head and explain to myself that time management is like the most important thing you should have. <laughs> oh man! Not not just for the schooling part and the what you have to do, but realizing that there's people out there in their twenties know they've got to go and do those things. And they've got to like plan to whatever mm -hmm. they choose to do for their career if they're going to choose that life. But then instead of going out and partying like aimlessly, just looking for good times. People in the day used to just decide they were going to make a hope for their horse because they needed it and they did it. And it took them like six months and it was more out of need. But like nowadays we have it so good. We have it so easy, especially in America. So if those international, you know, listeners out there are like, man, these spoiled Americans, we are, we have it a lot better. Mm -hmm. And I think it's so easy to forget that it's still on us to figure out what it is that we want to cultivate ourselves into being. And so mm -hmm. even if that's like what we call hobbies, you could turn hobbies into careers. You can turn hobbies into stores. You can turn what you love and double down on it. A hundred percent. All the time about that. Your happiness is one thing in particular that keeps you sane, but doing what makes you happy is a little bit harder in an economy as competitive as the world knows it today. Mm -hmm. But time management, right? Like if I could just kick myself in the nuts as a kid, that's exactly what I would do and just be like, figure out what it is that you're interested at and find people that are interested in it and still pursue what you want to pursue that, you know, the things that you have to do, like covering your bills. But don't forget that like life is about enjoyment and fun, mm -hmm. but like really shaping yourself into a, you know, a different human being can happen every day of your life absolutely right. and on that on that donnie it's like i think when you do find those other things right when you find your hiking when you find your surfing that is being patient right like that is trusting the process and uh, trusting the process in a sense of like you don't have to work 24 hours a day on your dream right and i might be i might be in the minority when i say that but i personally believe that you know that it's eight o'clock at night. Like go look at the stars, right? Like it's winter time. Like take a break. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. just be patient, like be absolutely patient. I mean, I'm full, I'm a firm believer in outworking everyone that's in your same field, but I'm also a firm believer in keeping your mental health sustainable, right? Like get enough sleep, like go out and look at the stars, breathe some fresh air, you know? And I, I think that's where you find the patience is when you find what you love to do to take a break from what you're doing. Right. So I, I, gosh, I love it. I love patience. <laughs> you guys are awesome. I think it is really important. I just want to mention uh, some other entrepreneurs have brought this to my attention recently. Like, and we kind of touched on this 
right? Like a big part of being an entrepreneur is obviously having a solution oriented mindset. You want to be able to like look at problems mm-hmm. and or so I'm sorry, look at solutions and not problems. Like I look at problems as like opportunities today. Like if there's a problem that's coming up in my life or I have to figure out how to make something work a little bit better, I see that as an opportunity for me to see outside yeah. myself and to grow and to get a little bit wow. more So that's huge, Don. You know, looking at those problems, you know, going into problem solving mode and not thinking in the problem mindset, but thinking in the solution mindset. And then another thing is the emotional fortitude, you know, mm-hmm. not dealing with failure or embarrassment and ridicule emotionally because it will absolutely keep you still and stall you and yeah, wow. you know, impede your progress. And that's tough. A lot of kids, you know, haven't gone through enough for them to really have that kind of emotional fortitude. But then also just understanding how the brain works. Like you're a guy who works in marketing, Devin. You have to understand the psychology behind mm-hmm. consumer, you know, purchasing power, buying brands, how you're going to scale. It's not just numbers. It's also understanding like the human side of the brain. So, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's, it can't be underestimated, those three things, how the brain works, emotional fortitude, and like a solution-oriented mindset aren't really taught in schools these days. But the entrepreneurial path kind of forces you to learn them. That's huge. Hey, if if you got if you listeners are taking notes, those are three major points that I would write down right there. <laughs> That's yeah, and huge. sometimes, and sometimes you know, there are problems that you can't solve in life. You know, and I think mm-hmm. when we take a step back and we have some perspective on everything, you know, like even me, like doing music, uh, a lot, there's a lot of business. You know, there's a lot of business and money that goes into becoming a successful, you know, singer, songwriter, rapper. But at the end of the day, I'm just singing songs, man. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm just singing. Yeah. You know, at the end of the day, like, you know, you want to be a chef, you're just cooking. Like, you're just <laughs> making food. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, man. Just, like, we're not doing, like, we're, like, you know, like, we're not, it's really n- not that serious. Like, Everything that we're doing is, is like, this is all fun. This is all for play. Like, it's, it's literally all for play. Mm-hmm. That's it, you know? Um, and I think we lose, we lose sight of that, you know? And I, I, you know, a lot of people have a, a pessimistic, you know, way at looking at the world. I personally have an optimistic way, and I think that it's all play. I think that, you know... Um, you know, whether you have to wash a car, I mean, either whether I do it myself or whether you have to do it, I mean, we just want the car to be clean. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not, it's yeah. not that serious. You know, whether you have to take the trash out or you're the garbage man, you know what I'm saying? Someone has to do something with the trash, yeah. you know? And at the end of the day, still, it's just trash. You really don't have to do anything if you don't want to do anything. And then you can just have trash everywhere, <laughs> you know? And, it, and that's okay, too. A lot of times, and so focused, we're so like, this has to happen. This, this, this has to be like this. It has to be like that. You know, I really like to trust, trust in the in, in the divine, and also just knowing that, like, um, you know, everything is always working out for me. Everything is always working out for me. Mm-hmm. And I think I stole that from Oprah. I said it before in a couple of our other podcasts, and I hope everyone listening can adopt that mindset as well. That everything is always working out for you. And nothing is like super serious and, you know, just have fun in this lifetime. You know, I don't, 
this is an unpopular opinion, but I know like a lot of people were like, you know, if I had it, if I could re relive life or if I had to do it all over again, I would do it all differently. And you know what? I'm not going to lie. Like I probably wouldn't do it any different. You know, I like, I probably would. I honestly, I wish I made more. Mis I wish I made more mistakes, you know, when I was making all of my mistakes, because then I, I would have just learned. I would be I would still be further along. Like you got to understand that, like everything that we go through, good or bad, it's all part of a, a process mm -hmm. of becoming better. Again, even becoming better is very relative and is, again, really not that serious. Unless you're hurting, you know, and, unless you're hurting people or things of that nature. But again, it's like, dude, you, you messed, like, you didn't sell, you didn't sell as many records this time. Like, it's fine. The, the songs suck. Maybe you gotta just <laughs> do better next do time. Better. Yeah. Yeah. Like, just do better next time. Like, I don't know. Maybe go take some vocal lessons. You guys lost the game. Maybe you gotta train a little harder. Maybe you need a break. Maybe you need to go see a movie. Maybe you need to stop watching Netflix. You know, maybe it is okay. To just <laughs> you need go to stop to watching Netflix. See, and that's, a, that's another thing. Everyone isn't going to be like an A player. So like at the same time, like if you're happy with watching Netflix, dope. Like we need like actors need money. Like people love to act. They need to feed their family. <laughs> like we need like, like we want you to keep watching netflix too like you know what i'm saying sometimes yeah. you have to know your role you have to know your place in life and if you know like this is the best that you if you feel like this is the best that you can do you like working your nine to five job we always talk about this on the podcast it's like dude be happy just as when you can get to the point in your life to where you, you don't even complain to yourself i think you've made it absolutely you know, you know what I don't get, speaking of on that, about non-ABC players, even if you're not born to be an AB player or whatever, not born to be a C player, there is nothing wrong with that. What I don't understand is that people that fail to recognize that and are still chasing the accolade and know that they're not happy in the current position or their yeah. life or whatever, and they're just maintaining that because they think there's nothing else out in the world to do. That just, it just perplexes me. I don't understand. If you know... This is where you're at and you know you either you can't make the decision, you don't have the mental fortitude to try to even, you know, to explore whether you're an A, B, C, D player, whatever it is. For you to just like sit there and watch TV, we do need that. So keep watching, you know, supporting these actors out here making mm -hmm. movies and stuff on Netflix. Everyone can everyone can't rap. I mean Right. You no, know? right. Then I wouldn't have a job if everyone wanted you know, everyone can't be an amazing musician. Everyone can't be a soccer player, everyone can't be a football player, everyone can't yeah. have a marketing media company. You know, like everyone's just not just can't do it or like, you know, we wouldn't have stuff to do. And that's the cool beautiful. Thing is, yeah. Right. That's, that's exactly what's beautiful is that we all have like unique talents. We all have unique things that like bring us peace and happiness. And like you get off by like, you know, it, it gets you off by like doing the marketing media company or like, you know, making money. Like some people really love like just making money like that is their thing. Like it if fulfills them like that actually you know what i'm saying like that actually mm -hmm. fulfills people making money and i totally can relate you know what i'm saying and but i also know like that's not the only thing that fulfills me either yeah um so we just gotta you know guys it, just try to find something that fulfills you and know that like it isn't just one thing and yeah. one thing isn't gonna define you and Beating yourself, like, you know, there, 
the highs are never that high and the lows are never that low. You know, try to find a balance because trust me, if you're going through, if it's a good time now, you're heading to some bad times. And if it's a bad time now, you're heading to some good times. Mm -hmm. So just take it. I would like one of my favorite quotes is too, is like, you know, take your wins and losses the same. Yeah, that's huge. That's absolutely huge. I just feel like life is just, it's just taken too seriously. I'm not saying don't take care of business, but like for you to live your whole life as if your only job, just take care of your family and just take care of business and go and do the same thing every Sunday. Anybody can start a podcast. This is not uniquely a gift that any of us have. Marketing is, music is, but you could do anything that doesn't take a lot of money, but takes a lot of creativity. Mm -hmm. And creativity is free. Absolutely. It doesn't cost you a damn thing. Absolutely. So I just, I just, I don't understand people that don't, aren't even curious. And, and I don't knock people who like to make money. That's great. You're getting lots of fun coupons, go spend them. That's what life is about, is living. But if that starts to consume your every being, mm -hmm. if you get stuck and you become a workaholic, and I really have a great deal of respect for those men of that last generation. But I think we are the last generation to be chasing accolade as if that is the end-all, be-all mantle that we Absolutely. Can the wall and make our legacy. I think you're a great example, Devin, of somebody who jumped into another country, one, that takes a level of emotional fortitude at the age that you did. And then two, you didn't follow the traditional route. When I know where you come from, community that you grew up in South Carolina, I'm sure people were giving you the side eye being an entrepreneur. They still are, yeah, absolutely. And, and you know what? I say that's exactly what we entrepreneurs need. And I, I didn't mm -hmm. realize it growing up because it was, it was like a very intense thing being first gen and also getting scrutinized by like my peers. But at the same time, gosh, what a blessing because I'm still me. Every person changes so often in their lifetime, but that part never changes. Yeah. And you have to keep going being you. You can't stop being you. You could try to suppress it. You could try to bottle it up. You're still going to start popping at some point. And I hope, I hope you're ready to accept the fate that you are you, and that's never going to change. You know, and you know, Devin, I wanted to ask you, do you think it's harder doing the marketing media company here in the States, or was it harder in Australia? And I'm curious if your clients are more foreigners or more Americans, and, or, mm -hmm. and or if do you have a specific, like, more types of, like, are you, like, or do you have, like, more types of one type of people, like just people who want to be influencers or people who are just, you know, like, or is it more so small businesses, things of that nature? In terms of what was easier, Australia or the States, um, honestly, it's way, it's easier in the States because there's, there's more competition, but honestly, there's less quality competition, but way more quantity opportunity. Um, so... I mean, here in the States, you're going to have, you're literally going to have every single basement billy that wants to start a social media adding. I mean, I was a basement billy at one point, so I can't really knock basement billies. There's plenty of those that go around. So, uh, but in terms of getting clients, it's a lot easier in the States just because there's so many. Um, so it's really just proving to clients here, you know, that they need your services. In terms of who are, you know, our clients of those 600 plus people, uh, Mainly our clients are restaurants, car dealerships, gyms, personal trainers, uh, like healthcare places like so hospitals and ambulances and uh, emergency transportation companies, stuff like that. And uh, that's kind of like our main thing. We just started doing nonprofits recently. Um, so that's really our main thing.
out of those 600 plus clients, I would maybe say probably 200 of them are going to be influencers, people that just want to make a living off of Instagram kind of thing. And that's something that we can do for you, right? Like we can 100% monetize your Instagram. Um, so a lot, of, a lot of people are influencers that just want to do that stuff. Uh, and then the other 400 are going to be, you know, they're going to be your small companies. They're going to be your big companies. We've got, you know, you know, we've got quite a few multi-million dollar companies that we just kind of run their Instagram and put it on autopilot for them so they can worry about the logistics of their business. Um, but yeah, so that's so kind of the success. You, I'm curious how you manage 600, 600 clients, accounts and stuff of that nature. Is, how many employees? Is it like, do does that have to do with your coding and like, yeah, and how many people do you have working with you? Or is every is is most of it like just done through the bots and stuff like that? So it's a lot easier to control. Mm-hmm. But like how much actual groundwork like level other than the coding and stuff and things of that nature that you had to do, how much actual time and work are you putting in on these 600 clients between you and... Yeah, the employees... So, yeah, absolutely. So in terms of Instagram, uh, just in terms of social media management, um, I will have one person manage up to 12 accounts kind of thing, depending on the complexity of the account and, you know, what it needs kind of thing. So one person will manage up to 12 accounts. We have over 600 social media accounts that we do manage because all of our clients, you know, every single package that we offer also goes into social media like that. Like that's that works for us because then we know what's being put out onto the online presence um, so all of our packages include social media management. So I'll have one person manage up to 12 accounts and then, you know what I mean? So 600 divided by 12, it's going to put you, 50. yeah, so it's going to put you in around the 50 to 60 range. So that's just people that are going to manage social media accounts. Then I've got a media director who does all of the videography, who does all the photography in this area kind of thing in the, in the grand strand area. I literally take trips with this guy. He's turned out to be my best friend. Uh, that's his Hunter, answer, right? You're that's about Hunter. That's Hunter. Yeah, you know him. You've probably seen him on my Instagram all over the place. Oh, yeah. Um, so Hunter Fusat, he's turned out to be one of my best friends. You know, he's, he's my age. He's driven. He's ambitious. Uh, and not to mention his talent is absolutely through the roof. This man had the opportunity to work with Discovery Channel. He's certified in way more ways than what he needs to be. You know, he's way overqualified for even the Discovery Channel, to be honest. His talent is through this world. He's, he's the Beyonce of media and ter- like in terms of coming out the womb talented like it's phenomenal i don't know how this guy works with me but he does um so yeah his name's hunter so he does all of that stuff you know uh so are they are, are your clients posting anything are they doing anything or are you guys you guys are in full control like so if you're managing like an influencer's mm-hmm. account are they posting their own pictures or are you guys posting their pictures are you running any, are you doing any promotion for them? What does that look like for a client, for like a restaurant? Or, I mean, I would assume that you're running some type of campaigns and things of that nature. Um, but are they, are they in any control of anything? Absolutely. So you're in full control of your social media. Just because we manage it um, doesn't mean, you know, that we are in 100% control and you're not allowed to do anything. All of our clients still have full access to their profile. So if they want to post something to their Instagram by themselves, they fully can, uh, but we do do that for them. You know, if they want to create a graphic for their Instagram and post it up, you know, because, you know, it's a last minute meetup or something that a company's having on, you know, 1312 Prince Lawn, you know, that's literally an address that I just made up out of my head. Nobody go to that address. Um, You know what I mean? But it's just like, if they want to do that, then they fully can. What we do is we just make sure that everything 
in terms of quality that needs to get out, it hits the right eyes at the right time and then consistently stays in front of the customer's eyes. So for an influencer, um, you know, most influencers, if they're genuinely trying to pursue it, they've got, you know, someone that takes their photos or they're going on modeling shoots all the time. So then we'll set up a Google Drive folder with that influencer. They import all of their photos into that Google Drive folder that we have access to. And then we manage all of the posting to make sure you know, because we've got a software that analyzes, you know, a proprietary software that analyzes ideal times to post, um, you know, and then we can manage commenting back so influencers don't have to worry about responding to, you know, all those minute comments kind of thing. Like, where did you get this shirt? We know where they got the shirt because that's included, you know, in the Google Drive folder. So they give us the information and then we can answer the thousand questions um, kind of thing. So that's the kind of stuff that, you know, that we do. This full-blown marketing agency, you guys are based out of Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, I assume. That is, that is correct. Are you, you guys have a brick and mortar, right? You guys have a physical office, you have employees, you're running a whole, are you contracting or how does it work for you guys? Yes, so we do have a brick and mortar here in Myrtle Beach um, with, you know, employees and all that good stuff. And then we've also got clients in Mexico where we have like a small little office in Mexico City, Mexico. We've got a small little office in Gold Coast, Australia and in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. So you have to, at some point, you have to be managing, is that, are those offices on autopilot? Do you have managers doing that or are you, are you kind of micromanaging it from? Yeah, there's, there's GMs over there at every uh, physical location. Are you public, Devin? No, we are not. Any plans to go? I don't know, man. I like the family. I like the family type thing, to be honest. You know what I mean? Like, I'd like, I'd like for one day if I, you know, for when I have children, if they want to, if they'd like to take over the legacy, then by all means they can. And I don't, I don't know if I want it public. You know what I mean? Uh, I mean, honestly, we're not, even, we're not even, we're not even the CEO. What's up, brother? Are you solely the CEO of the company? Yeah, 100%. I went into business you own, by myself. You own 100%. Yeah. Okay. Definitely didn't get here on my own, but uh, I am 100% owner kind of thing. Uh, but in terms of the back to the public question, we're nowhere near close to even reaching that, you know, that opportunity of going public. You know what I mean? Like nowhere near close. I think, I think you've got to be well established into it, you know, way more than three years, unless you're Uber, then you just kind of skyrocket. But we don't have that same success story. A lot of people jump into the public sector. Yeah, I do, I do believe it's probably a little bit hasty before you've got a real. Mm -hmm. I mean, you've still got some some major clientele. Did you guys have any investors early on? No yes. way. Yeah, none. no. Yeah, none at all, man. <laughs> I literally started. That's what did. That's exactly why. Did you make your money pitching. back yet, Devin? <laughs> did you at least make your money back for all the all the money you put into the business yet? Or are you still? Oh, absolutely. No, absolutely. Yeah. Definitely, definitely made all the money back. Definitely, definitely. I like, we're, I like yeah, we're at the black now. Good. So, and you probably invested yeah. a lot more in the beginning. You probably, you probably weren't, you were investing a lot more in the beginning than you were making. Absolutely. Especially when I hit 20 and tried to scale it, I just blew all my money on a bunch of nonsense stuff and then had to eat my, eat my words, kind of eat my actions, I guess. So as of, as of today, I mean, you've been, you've been doing this for five years, you're scaling up, I assume on some mm -hmm. level. Where, where do you see Alpha Media going in the next five to ten? Oh my goodness, uh, brother! I really, I project Alpha Media to be in ten years, definitely dancing with the big dogs. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm talking like 
Wall Street will be coming to Alpha Media nonstop. You know, like I, I project in 10 years that I would like for I would like for Alpha Media and I've got the drive for it to happen for it to be a multi-billion dollar company. That is what I would love to see. Honestly, it's not going to happen in the United States. It's going to have to branch out into multiple countries on a much larger scale than what it already is. Um, but in 10 years, that's exactly what I see. In five years, we'll be well on our way to that. You know what I mean? Like we'll definitely be, a, we'll be a force to be reckoned with in the United States of America in five years. I mean, I How, think we are right now, but that's biased. Are you, are you close to a million now? Close to a million dollar company now? Uh, in terms of, in terms of net, no, no way, not a chance, not yet. Okay. Yeah, not, not yet. One day, I would say, I would say by 2020 though, I get, I've given myself by the, by December of 2020, um, that we will have hit the seven figure mark in terms of, you know, net worth. But I mean, honestly, I hear a lot of people talking these days about how that's everyone's goal is to hit a million dollar, you know, mark and, mm -hmm. you know, it's perfectly okay to be sitting at four or $500,000 revenue and just, you know, have it however much of that, you know, send yeah. expenses, go to the business and just, you know, take your one to three, you know, out of it over, you know, the next few years and just, you know, investing in smaller mm -hmm. things and just being happier. I mean, not everybody wants to scale up to that point, but you are one of those people who wants to see your business go to that level and be playing yeah. up there with the big dogs. Absolutely. But, and that's, that is specifically, like I said, everything that I've said in this podcast is literally just my journey, right? So I only want to see you know, I say my company, but honestly, it is every single person that works at it. I want to see it hit the M's and I want to see it one day hit the B's. Um, but you got to start with goals. And right now the goal is just to hit the seven figure mark. If you can hit 1 million, I'm going to, I'm going to praise it. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to have it. I'm going to enjoy it. And then moving on, you know, it's time for the next letter up, right? <laughs> I want to, I want to hit the B's. Maybe one day's the T's. You never know. You've got some big dreams. You've got some big ambition. You've really got some good leverage going, Devin. What do you see your legacy being in terms of, I guess, mm -hmm. in terms of you as a businessman, but also you as Devin Sanders? Where do, where do you want, you know, the family legacy to remember mm -hmm. uh, your efforts here? Mate, that is such a beautiful question. I, I appreciate that question, uh, just to yeah. preface that. But genuinely, I do not want to be known as, you know, I don't want to be known as the owner of Alpha Media. I genuinely, genuinely don't. Um, I would love to have just, I want to be known as the person that just like, that helped as many people as I could, you know, and even now with like, I'm working at that by just like a lot of full service marketing agencies will only take on high ticket clients. But, you know, I've got just as many, you know, $279 a month clients as I do $10,000 a month clients. But that's because like not everyone can afford the $10,000 marketing. But like these, these companies, these small restaurants, these small mom and pops, they still need marketing done because they don't know what they're doing. Um, so I love to negotiate. I love to work out stuff that like helps them, you know, as long as it doesn't put us in the red, I don't really care how much profit we get off of it, right? Because I think everyone deserves an equal opportunity at success. Uh, one of my biggest dreams and goals, and I'm getting like, I get goosebumps every time I talk about it, but one of my biggest dreams is to make enough money to put people like through university that can't afford it. Because I honestly hate the fact that money limits opportunity in today's day and age. I can't stand that. So I would like to make enough money myself to be able to provide for other people that if they've got the drive, the ambition, the determination to be a doctor, but they don't have, you know, the $400,000 that it takes to get there. 
and that's just a random number. I don't really know how much it is. But if they don't have that amount of money to get there, I would like to provide that for them with no expectation of a payback. Right? See, yeah, that's, I think that's the difference between that last generation and ours. I've got a business partner whose aunt um, is an OBGYN, and she wants to open up a, a cancer hospital that treats patients for free. And I think that's, that's what's happening right mm -hmm. now. That's the shift that's going on. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's incredible, Devin, that uh, you're so much more than the businessman that you have worked hard to become. I understand you're also trying to step into the speaking engagement world. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, absolutely, man. So, um, and this is just brand new. This is the past year. Um, honestly, probably the past three, four months that I've genuinely tried to step up and maybe take, you know, a few more speaking engagements before I was always declining them. Um, because I quote unquote, didn't have the time. That's a load of bull hockey. Definitely had the time. Just have to prioritize, go back to time management. But yeah, I would love to do, because this is, this is really free education. And I, I thrived on this in the very beginning stages of, you know, my start of just listening to people like Gary V, you know, uh, like Warren Buffett, Bill Gates and everything else, the people that went before you and became successful. And I just listened to every word they had to say and took notes. You know, how do they live their life? What do they do when they wake up in the morning? And I think I've gotten to a point, not that like I'm on a higher pedestal than others, but I just think after learning so much and listening to so many people, I've kind of got my own grasp of knowledge. And I would just love, I love to share it. You know what I mean? Like I would love to give that away and help as many people as I can um, to kind of get to a point of success easier. Um, so yeah, that's kind of the gist in the speaking engagements and why I want to do so many of those. Well, Devin, we just want to thank you so much for joining us for episode nine of Patients Podcast. For all the people out there, uh, all the future entrepreneurs, all the fifth grade candy slingers out there, uh, where can they find you uh, on social media and reach out to you and keep up with what you're doing and learn more about alpha media marketing? Absolutely. So the main platform that you want to keep up with me on is Instagram. It is Devin Sanders but d-e-v-a-n sanders but any social media platform you can type in devin sanders and you will find me and if you want to keep up with what we're doing in uh, alpha media marketing uh, you can type in alpha media company on any social media platform and you can find us there as well thank you devin for coming on and blessing us with some knowledge and wisdom and encouragement and all the information that you provided with yeah, us absolutely thank you, you for having me yeah of course to everybody that's listening right now, keep pushing away. Mm -hmm. Keep grinding. Keep going hard. I realize I didn't say any cuss words this podcast, and that's just not like me. Get up <laughs> off your ass. <laughs> no, make something happen. Finish strong, Sam. And, you know, Devin's living proof that you can do it at 22. Mm -hmm. I'm living proof you can do it at 21. Donnie's living proof that you can do it at 37 38 you know that no matter how old you are no matter where you're starting from no matter what stops you or holds you back yeah. or anything that just brings you down that you can reach your goals you can continue to reach your goals and more than just that That's you good. can be happy and you deserve happiness and mm -hmm. i wish that for all of you out there Devin, thank you again for joining us for episode nine. And uh, we'll be on the lookout for Alpha Media Marketing. And everybody be sure to check Devin out on his IG and his media company. He is doing big things. Thank you guys for having me. It's been a blast. 
I love Patience the Podcast. If you guys are listening, tune in every single time these put out these guys put out a new podcast. I'm I'm about to be a brand new listener. I'm their newest listener as of today. Devin, we'll be keeping in touch with you and uh, everybody be sure to keep in touch with Devin. Make sure to follow Patience the Podcast on Instagram, at Patience the Podcast, at Facebook. Uh, and keep an eye out for Sammy Jesus. He's got some new content coming your way, and we've got some big announcements coming soon. So thank you all for joining us for episode nine, and uh, see you guys on the next one. See you next week. See you guys.